You know, most problems in healthcare are fixed already. Primary care is already cured on the fringes. Reversing burnout, physician shortages, bad business models, forced buyouts, factory medicine, high deductible insurance that squeezes the docs and is totally inaccessible to most of the employees. The big squeeze is always on for docs. It's the acceleration of cost and the deceleration of reimbursements. I want you to meet those on this show that are making a difference with host Ron Barshop, CEO of Beacon Clinics. That's me. Over two-thirds of Americans have a prescription medication and over half don't take their medication as prescribed. Other studies show as little as 16% who are fully compliant with their prescription regimen. Another study shows 6% are uh, completely compliant with their prescriptions. So 70% of us are on one med and half of Americans are on two plus meds. That's a big problem when they're not com- we are not compliant. So I would like you today to meet Ron Rywald, who is the president and COO of a company that's rolled out the National Medication Management Initiative. They have 800,000 patients enrolled, mostly elders, older folks, and they have gamified and simplified forgetfulness. So Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Tell me what is, uh, Ron, the downstream cost of this gigantic problem? Well, the downstream cost to the healthcare industry is about $350 billion. Um, Approximately 25% of all ER visits and uh, readmissions to the hospital are due to mismanagement of medication. And of course, the older the patient is, the the higher that percentage increases. Um, And so it's, it's a major problem in this country. So, you know, I, it's not just the cost in uh, admissions and dollars, but hypertensive patients have 89,000 premature deaths, according to a study that I saw, yeah. that are avoidable every year if people just took their medications. That's absolutely true. In fact, there was a study done recently that raised that figure to about 125,000. And it's, it's sad because none of those people, or at least most of those people, wouldn't have had to die had they had medication adherence. And there's another cost that I came up with here that it turns out that 20% of all Medicare hospital admissions have to get readmitted within 30 days because they're not inherent. The the, um, hospital is the most expensive hotel room in the city. We average about $10,000 per overnight stay on a typical hospital visit. And uh, that's basically a month at the nicest hotel in your town. Well, that, that's absolutely true. And, you know, everyone is talking about containing costs in healthcare and that the country is, is having trouble making um, all the uh, necessary expenditures to promote healthcare to the masses. And what we need to look at is we need to look at the cost containment opportunities. Um, and this is certainly a large cost containment opportunity. And, and then every one of us are touched by mental illness, me in particular, but mental illness is in all our families. We know somebody or, or related to somebody who has dementia or other mental uh, diseases that completely rely on these medications to keep them leveled out, to keep their brain chemistry. And it turns out that somewhere between half and two thirds are not taking their medications or they're not taking them at all. So this is kind of a larger societal issue that talks about 
leads to homelessness and unemployment and even suicide. Well, that's that's very true. And what we have done is we have uh, put together what we call a support team, uh, which are either friends or family members of those who are having issues with taking their medication. And when we contact those people, um, as low technology as the old-fashioned telephone, um, the telephone will be an automated call that will ask them if they have taken their medication. And if they push one that they have, that's fine. We don't uh, go any further. But if they push two that they have not or they don't respond, then we notify that support person. Um, and uh, if they don't have a support person, but they have the ability to pay as little as $200 a month, we can actually have a CNA um, in their area stop by and and actually contact them uh, and find out what the issue is. Are they lying on the floor or are they uh, simply experiencing symptoms and they don't want to take their medication because of the symptoms? And you've also gamified this a little bit. Isn't there a $500 incentive for the... Uh for the uh, patient or the, uh, the customer, if you will, to join your team? Tell us about that. Yes, um, it's, it's amazing to me, but true. Um, when you tell people that they should sign up because they'll experience better outcomes, better health, and stay out of the ER and stay out of the hospital, it's not nearly as much of a carrot, if you will, <laughs> as our $500 of discounts that we provide to them to restaurants and hotels and retailers and movie theaters and concerts and that sort of thing. And they get that completely free uh, just for signing up. And that's kind of an incentive to get them to sign up um, and utilize the program. And once they utilize the program and find out um, how effective it is and the fact that it's free to them, it's free to their physician, uh, then we normally have them utilizing it on a regular basis. We also encourage our sponsors to provide them discounts, uh, for instance, $5 off your next prescription, whatever that may be, um, to encourage them to continue using the platform. Yeah, GoodRx just got listed as one of the top uh, startups in the last five years that's really affected healthcare. They uh, allow you, if you don't have the app, and you're, you're a caregiver or have a parent who's not taking their meds, um, that allows you to find the lowest cost of service locally. So you might not go to that Walmart, but you might go to this CVS down the street, and it might be significant savings. So I'm sure you all are involved with the GoodRx um, spreading the gospel, right? We, we certainly are. We certainly are. Um, we're also connected to the NIH and the FDA database, and if a patient is prescribed a medication from uh, a, another physician, for instance, maybe they'll see uh, a physician that is not their primary as a specialist, and they will prescribe them something that may uh, compromise their uh, health with another medication that they're being prescribed. Uh, once that medication is entered into the system, they will receive an, an, um, a notice that maybe they should discuss this with their physician, that there may be a complication. So that's very important as well. 
you know, we love to give our physicians and our caregivers the um, benefit of the doubt that they know drug interactions that are dangerous or could compromise the other medication they're taking. And uh, we don't do enough of that. And, and, and it's not the caregiver's fault. It's just almost an impossible panoply of, you know, rollout conditions that can happen if they're not um, watching those drug interactions. And frankly, some of these folks are taking six or eight or 10 pills. They have hypertension or diabetes. They're that's, that's a lot for them to know. And the doctors aren't always sitting down and going through their digest to figure it out. My, my son is a, a baby doc. He's uh, going through his uh, fellowship starting in a couple of months. And he has a little app on his phone and it tells him, yeah, don't do that one with that one. So, you know, he's um, computer literate or app literate, I should say. But I don't think that, you know, a third of the doctors who are over 55 are using that app. Well, it's, it's not only the app. You see, the app is fine if you actually have all the information. One, one of the big problems that the physicians have is they don't always know what other medications their patients are taking because they don't know if another physician has prescribed something for them. Um, so that's a very important aspect of it, which is why we encourage either the support people or the patient themselves to enter the new medication that they've been prescribed into the system so we can notify the physician and let them know that there may be a conflict. Um, the physician can't do something that they don't know anything, uh, they, they don't have any information on. Um, I don't know if it was you I saw, but somebody in your universe said, take a picture of all of your pills, um, send that to your doctor, or take that with you to your doctor and show them that picture so they're aware of everything you're taking. So it's just, I mean, almost as low tech as that, isn't it? Yes, it can be as low tech as that. And on your prescription bottle, there is a barcode and uh, you can download that barcode onto an app if you're technology literate. Um, and that barcode will have all your pharmaceutical information. So. Um, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is doing their part um, in terms of, of trying to get a handle on what the patient is, is purchasing, maybe one thing at Walgreens and one thing at CVS or one thing at Walmart. Um, uh, there's a database that will let each of those pharmacies know what the other pharmacy is, is filling for that patient. Listen, um, it's almost as, so I talk about you've gamified forgetfulness. Um, my wife got for me, I take a lot of nutraceuticals and I'm going to take them all daily. And so she got one of me, one of these, you know, Walgreens pill boxes. It says here, should you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? And that's helpful, but you can easily skip a day and miss it. So I looked a little deeper to find out this forgetfulness issue. And it turns out that half the people are just missing a dose, just flat out, just skipping and missing. A third of them forgot to take the medication that day or don't remember if they took it or not because there's different times of days when you're supposed to take this one and sometimes twice a day and sometimes with your lunch and sometimes with your orange juice and and then a fourth of them aren't getting refills on time at all they're just letting these drift so uh, it turns out that uh, chronic condition patients over half are uh, they just stop taking within a year for cardiovascular for example Yes, it's a major problem and, and a very big reason why uh, the ER visits and the readmissions to the hospital are occurring and, and the deaths you mentioned 
Um, our, our people are, they have lives and they're very busy and they don't think every day about when they're supposed to take what medication, particularly if they're on multiple medications. And that is the purpose of our medication adherence program is to take that off of their plate. They have enough going on and letting them know on a regular basis what to take and what time and, and what dosage to take and, and try to stay compliant with their medication adherence. Okay, so I'm just going to repeat what you said earlier so I understand on the ground what this looks like. If I uh, take my nutraceuticals at 8 a.m. every morning, I would get essentially a phone call from your robot, and the uh, bot would say, did you take your, or text, um, and it would say, have you taken your medications? It's, it's that time. It's 8 a.m., and I would push one for yes and two for no, and if I do nothing, then that's, a, that's taken as a no, right? That's right. And it doesn't have to be a phone call if someone would rather be notified on their iPhone or their computer or their iPad. Uh, it just depends on their level of competency in the technology world. But um, when I was speaking of the telephone, I was speaking of elderly people who are not capable of doing that. But really, we have people on the system that are all the way from pediatric to geriatric. Um, there are certainly people that are going to work every day that are, have hypertension or heart problems or whatever are taking multiple medications. There are children that are taking multiple medications because they have health problems. And all of these patients are, are able to be on our system. So if I have a 10 o'clock, a 2 o'clock, and a 4 o'clock pill set that I'm supposed to take, I'll get three different calls. One of them might be, you've got these four, and the next one might be, you've got these two, and the last one might be, you've just got this one. But I'll get three different calls or texts throughout the day. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. And then for, next, for the extra funding, I think you said $200 a month, I could also have a nurse visit or a nurse call or uh, tell me more about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really a CNA um, unless a nurse is necessary. If, if a nurse is necessary, for instance, to give some kind of an injection or, or something that's above what a CNA is trained for, um, then that is one cost. But the $200 a month, or actually less than $200 a month, it comes out to about $187 a month, uh, they can have a, a CNA stop by once a day for 30 days if they need that. Now, if someone is... is uh, in a dementia state, as you mentioned, and they need that person to stop by three times a day, um, then you can just multiply that number times three. But if you compare that to what a home health or agency would charge, um, you're talking a difference between maybe $600 and maybe $2,000 a month um, difference in cost. and, and uh, of course, the CNA isn't going to do all the things that a home health person would do, but if that's not necessary and the object is to make sure that the patient's compliant with their medication, then what we're simply offering is a more economical way to be able to accomplish that. Well, but it's powerful because you can hearken back to Ben Franklin or Dale Carnegie and the power of habit is do something for 30 days and you'll be in the habit, right? So that's that kind correct. of where you're going. Okay. That's exactly right. All right. Makes perfect sense. And, um, you know, this kind of reminds me of those old infomercials where help, I can't get up. And so just push this button and your children will be alerted or your you know, doctor will be alerted. 
this is basically the exact same thing, but for medications. Very much so, yes. Okay. All right. So I'm thinking, you know, a lot of doctors are evolving away from fee-based into value-based care. And the thing that just baffles me about value-based care is it assumes a lot of power in the hands of the PCP in that about half of the patients referred to a specialist won't go see that specialist for a wide variety of reasons. So half aren't uh, following up on their important visits that have to happen next. The second number was, again, this non-adherence that if 90 or 84% aren't taking their medications as prescribed, how much power does a doctor really have in value-based care to keep heads out of beds? How much power do they have to affect change in a patient's life who they're doing a tango with that doesn't want to dance? Well, that's true. And, and the problem the doctor has is, number one, they just simply do not have the time to provide uh, medication management, and they don't get reimbursed for doing medication management. Uh, and the doctor, unfortunately, um, and if your son is becoming a doctor, he can, he can tell you this, that um, reimbursements are, are getting cut and, and doctors are having to work harder for less money, and they just don't have the time um, or the resources to be able to provide this type of service to the patient. Um, so what we're trying to do is fill in that gap for the physician and to try to uh, pull the physician and the patient together with medication adherence. I was uh, this month with a group that has uh, over a dozen clinics and sees over a thousand patients a day, and they're evolving over to value-based care because it's a bundled payment based on uh, per patient. It doesn't matter if they uh, uh, what they do with that patient as long as they um, keep heads out of beds, basically. So, right. in an, in essence, they're sort of in an, in the nicest possible way salivating over the possibility of not being strictured by fee-based service, which makes them, uh, which forces volume that they may not really want to encourage or factory medicine that they won't, don't want to see their doctors involved with. So this really is a great tool for anybody who wants to uh, evolve into value-based care, which um, may not be in their toolkit. Well, absolutely. Our, our number one um, advantage to any caregiver if they're taking any type of risk whatsoever, is cost containment. Um, if we can keep the patient out of the ER and out of readmission to the hospital uh, and keep them compliant with their medication, keep them from having complications, um, it's going to save the healthcare industry billions of dollars. Uh, it could save an organization like you just mentioned, millions of dollars. So yes, that cost containment is a key issue. So y'all are not, y'all have not been around that long, but you signed up pretty quickly the largest independent physicians association in America, didn't you? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. TIPA um, is the IPA Association of America, and um, they have approximately 700 IPAs around the country, and we are in the process one at a time of signing them up and, uh, and, and putting them on the right track. We're also working with several ACOs, uh, we're talking to hospitals and uh, payers, um, and we're working very hard just to open up that whole uh, healthcare environment that people are, are are trying to contain their costs, and, and we're hopefully a tool for them to do that. 
What resistance would you be getting from an IPA who would tell you, no, thank you, we're not uh, interested in your solution? <laughs> well, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I think doctors are inundated by all sorts of things and they don't really know who's, who's good, who's not, who's real, who's not. And I think it's just an educational process. Um, the doctor automatically will say, well, if it's free, uh, what's the catch? Uh, we have to explain to them the, the Google business model and how we're operating and why it makes sense for us to give it to them for free. Um, and it's, it's, really, it's really kind of educating the doctor um, as to why this is good for them. Once they get it, once they understand, there really is no objection. Um, and it's really the same thing with the patient. The patient, um, you know, the, the, the reason that we supply this through the physician, and we do, an, we do a personalized site, website for the doctor, for the patient to use with that doctor to manage their medication because that patient doesn't necessarily know us or want to do work with us in any way, um, but they do listen to their doctor. And so what we do is we provide this program to the doctor for free. The doctor offers it to their patients as really a gift from the doctor to the patient and say, here's a way to manage your medication free of charge, and I recommend that you consider it. Um, so that's kind of what uh, what our approach is, and we found that to be very acceptable. But uh, it's like anything else; you you need to overcome those kind of barriers first. Well, and and to explain your Google model, you may be oversimplifying it. What you're doing is on that website of the doctor, you might have a sponsor, and so you're getting paid a a penny per phone call, or a penny per click, or a penny per right. you know. You're getting a few pennies here and there, and you add up eight hundred thousand pennies a day, and that makes sense. That's absolutely true. Yes, um, I can I can throw out some numbers to you. You know, I have a long term goal here of of getting 10 million patients on board, and we feel that with all the ancillary services that we're offering, that I'm not going to bore you with because uh, it would take too long. But we've got several ancillary services that we're offering on the site as well. Between that and the view message and click fees, we feel we can comfortably. Um, uh, bring in about 25 cents a patient. And when you multiply 25 cents a day times 10 million, at the end of the year, it's 1.8 billion. So you can tell that, you know, why Google and Facebook are doing pretty well. Well, and you know, 10 million is a drop in the bucket for America if half of us are on meds. I mean, that's, that's really, true. that's 10 million is a very achievable goal. Um, I think so. Yeah, well, so a whole separate phone call would be your ancillaries. Again, we do everything in our power to advance the independent physician who really, if they just knew about the ancillaries, wouldn't have to rely on corporate medicine or selling to the man. There's, it's not necessary, although it's a gigantic trend, to sell to hospitals because of the pressures these doctors are under. But you can remove a lot of pressure when you have an extra two or four or eight or ten grand coming in a month that drops to your bottom line. Uh, absolutely. And we, we've talked about a couple of them when I talked about the mobile med nurse and, um, you know, the uh, discount, the $500 discount. Um, 
you know, the other things are that patients can order DME, they can order their refills, uh, uh, pharmacy, they can get uh, DNA, uh, DNA tests, and, and we're manufacturing something that's going to be coming out very soon. You mentioned that your wife bought you the uh, pill uh, dispenser. Um, the, what we're coming out with is an electronic pill dispenser that actually talks to the patient, uh, tells them what they're taking and why they're taking it and, and how they should take it and how one medication could complement another or, or complicate with another um, and uh, dispenses those medications automatically to them at the time they're supposed to take them. Um, and it's a, a electronic type dispenser. So we'll have that on the market probably in about 45 to 60 days. Yeah, those are, I've seen those, they're pretty cool. It really simplifies the, uh, the pill box and takes it to the next level big time. So if yeah. I want to reach you, how do I find you guys? Well, um, you can certainly go to our website, which is uh, nationalmedicationmanagementinitiative.com. Um, you can contact me directly, and I give out my cell phone because I'm more than happy to talk to people. And if the cell phone is busy, then uh, I have other people that will pick up the call and or get back to them. And that number is 407 808 2189. Um, and um, uh, the email address, if they want to email me, is rewald, R I E W O L D, at averlent, A V E R L E N T dot com. Averlent is the parent company. Um, and we're the sponsor and the financial backing behind the National Medication Management Initiative. Very nice. And I, I know others that are doing this. Um, I think y'all might have the largest scale of anybody I've talked to, but I'm excited okay. to present you on this show because it's really a very logical and low-tech solution for folks that don't have their hands around technology, a phone call. Yeah. It's, a, you know, it's a text. It's not complicated. Right. All right, so if you had uh, any books you could recommend, either doctors or patients read more to learn more about this, is there anything out there, articles, uh, websites that really uh, clarify this problem? Well, it, as a matter of fact, um, my associate, Bruce Pitcher, uh, just wrote an article for the insurancethoughtleaders.com, uh, and uh, an article is just going out um, by Bruce. Um, that someone can go on to. Uh, again, it's insurancethoughtleaders.com. Um, and there's a very good article about the, the program there. Um, and, uh, but, but to my knowledge, I don't, I don't think there are books written. I, I think it's, it's too new of an industry um, to, even though it's an old problem, <laughs> the solutions to the old problem is relatively new. So um, I'm sure there'll be books coming out about it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a book for me, for sure, that yeah. I'd want to buy. Um, and if you had, uh, let's just say, the world's largest banner flying in an airplane over America, what would that message be to Americans in the very one, in one sentence? I, in one sentence, I, I would say that uh, medica uh, medication adherence saves lives and saves money.
um, and um, both are, are pretty important. And frankly, it's free if you're a patient, literally free. You don't have any yeah. cost for you to get your child or parent um, compliant with just making a phone call to, to you. And give your phone exactly. number out one more time for those just that we didn't have sure. their uh, pencil handy. Sure. Um, the phone number is 407-808-2189. And um, yes, it is absolutely free, not only to the patient, but to the physician. And it's free to the organization that brings the physicians, like an IPA or an ACO or a hospital or, or a payer, whoever. Yeah, I would listen. Um, I would forward this podcast to anybody I know that is having this problem, which apparently is a lot of people. Um, so if you are listening to this and have somebody coming to mind that's in your family or someone you love, um, forward this podcast on to them. It sounds a little self-serving from my perspective, but it's not. This really is going to change the lives of people that you love. Um, well, Ron, I want to thank you for being on the show. I want to talk more about your other ancillaries, another show, another time. But sure. uh, I'm really excited about what you're trying to do for America and for uh, the patients and doctors that are frustrated with this uh, gigantic issue. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, it was a pleasure to be on your podcast. Hey, we Ron's got to stick together. Thank you. I'll talk Absolutely. to you soon. All right, Ron. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up? There's two things you can do for us. One, Go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing and leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode.